Welcome to the Live Courageously podcast show number 22 of 2023. I'm your host, John Duffy, and this is the 37th Live Courageously podcast show since I started the show a year and a half ago. Today is Father's Day, so a shout out to all those courageous fathers who have stepped up as dads and as positive role models for their kids. Courage is the first of all human qualities because it is the one quality which guarantees all the others. So Live Courageously has been the conscious theme of my life for the last three years since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 and an unconscious theme for most of my life. And if you haven't seen the previous 36 podcasts with some of my amazing courageous friends sharing their positive and powerful stories of overcoming all odds and going on to live powerful lives and making a difference in the world, you can watch them on my John Duffy Live Courageously YouTube channel. I have another 75 plus friends planned to be guests on my future shows. So please subscribe to my Live Courageously YouTube channel, that Duff Square film, and keep coming back every Sunday at 2 p.m. Today, uh, my friend and guest is Joe Ramirez, and Joe is a consultant, an author, a speaker, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, a pastor, a chaplain, a musician, and the founder and CEO of BetStream TV. His military activities included eight years as a military police investigator at the United States Marine Corps. He served as a military policeman in North Carolina, Southern California, Okinawa, Japan, and Korea, and spent the last three years of military service as a traffic and homicide investigator. His corporate uh, profit affiliations include being the president and co-founder of Command Guard Services, the CEO and president and managing director of Partner Blue Eye Monitoring, and the CEO and owner at Pacific National Security. His nonprofit affiliations and services include the following, director of operations at Claire Matrix, uh, an addiction and recovery inpatient and outpatient uh, service, uh, a pastor and a volunteer at Sober Living at Harmony Place, executive board member at Ronald Reagan Palisades Post-American Legion 283, a chief operating officer at the American Legion in Palisades. He's also the chaplain over there at American Legion Palisades as well. He's the pastor of Revive LA Church. And presently, Joe is a chief executive officer of VetStream TV, an online subscription-based streaming service with a focus on veteran-affiliated content, including shorts, features, and documentaries. Joe, welcome to the show. Greetings, brother. Thank you for joining hey, me today on Father's Day. Yeah, thanks for having me. And and Joe is also a, a father, so uh, taking time, to, as is I, I, myself, so we're both taking time away on our Father's Day to uh, do this show. So thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Sure. So tell me, Joe, you know, take us through your journey. Uh, where did you start out and take us, you know, up into your involvement in the U.S. Marine Corps? How did you why did you join and what was that experience like? And we're going to kind of, you know, go through your life a little bit. But before we do that, I just remembered the two questions I like to ask is where did we first meet, if you remember? Um, I thought we met um, because we connected online because of your movie. Um, is it called The Flag? Correct. Correct. Right. I think that's how we connected because at the time I was running a theater that my wife and I had uh, owned, a theater company, and we were looking for, um, you know, ways to use that theater. And that's how we connected uh, to show that show that movie. Yeah, and I remember uh, attending your theater, I think it was Santa Monica Boulevard, and you were doing an event for uh, showing some movies from uh, victors, uh, Victims of Communism and uh, some documentaries. And I think that might have been the first, maybe it wasn't the first time, but that was one of the times we met over at your theater over there. Well, your memory is definitely better than mine, because uh, <laughs> now that you say that, uh, I remember it now. Also, too, uh, we connected a couple of times, even in some ways by accident, over at the Hollywood Post. Um, through, through an event where they had, uh, uh, gosh, can't remember his name now for whatever reason, um, but the actor uh, who's very supportive of vets, and you look like him, Voight, John Voight. <laughs> oh, John Voight. That, that, that's right. We we did go to an event when John Voight was over there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, they say uh, that uh, he looks like my brother. Or I look like his brother. We, we're kind of still debating who looks like whose brother, but uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, great guy. Um, and well, the second question I like to ask uh, is, what does live courageously mean to you, uh, Joe? 
You know, I, I got to tell you, it's interesting that you even asked that because I was just thinking with one of my, um, um, before I got going on, on sharing about myself, I wanted to uh, say to you that I really like the title of your, uh, your, your, your podcast, and that is uh, Live Courageously. And it is so hard, especially when you're younger, um, to live in such a way that perhaps sometimes you go against the norm. Uh, sometimes you're going up, uh, uphill. Sometimes you're, you're doing things when everyone says you can't or maybe uh, it's out of the box and no one sees a vision that you see. So I think that question, live courageously, means um, that sometimes uh, the choices and, and actions that we decide to take uh, don't always uh, match what society uh, views as norms. Um, and however, it, 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 I think the definition for me anyway includes that the courageous uh, um, action that I'm talking about is the right action, right? You're, you're doing what's right. And sometimes doing what's right is not, not easy, especially in today's world where trends uh, come and go. And just because we want to feel accepted, we just go along with trends or we want to feel comfortable. Um, so live courageously um, is a uh, characteristic that I think that at various times in our lives, we probably need to step up and, and live courageously. Not, I mean, it's not like every day is a battle. Uh, maybe it is for some, but uh, especially out in wartime. But man, I love what you're doing and I, I love the title. So live courageously. It means sometimes you got to step up. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it's a reminder when I decided to do the show, it was because I've, I've been blessed with knowing so many courageous people. And I just felt like it was a chance to kind of put them and have them share their stories about how they've stepped up and how they're stepping up in life to make a difference. And, you know, the feeling I get from all the things you do, you know, you've kind of done that throughout your life, both as in the military, both in you know, corporate stuff and nonprofit work, as well as now as a pastor, as a chaplain. Tell us that journey, Joe. You know, where did you grow up? How did you go on that journey? Because you've obviously made some courageous choices to be who you are and not go along with the societal trends, no matter what they were. Yeah, you know, um, I, I kind of like sharing this a little bit um, uh, because growing up in Texas, uh, as you see, my last name is Ramirez. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, from a Mexican um, family, second, third generation. And actually, my real legal first name is Norman. And the story behind that is, is that my parents did not want to, um, they, they wanted to assimilate me into, uh, um, you know, America culture, American culture, which meant also not teaching me Spanish. Um, there was a stigma in Texas that if you had an accent, um, that, you know, you weren't viewed as positively as, as, uh, as most, I'm, I'm trying to be polite here, a political <laughs> uh, and, and, um, and I never liked that name, Norm. Uh, my middle name is Joe. And, uh, the first opportunity I had as an adult to change that name. And there's a story behind that too. I was in a bar drinking away and met a girl and she asked me my name and I said, my name is Joe. And that was in 1996 and the rest, you know, is history sort of thing. But yeah, you know, growing up, a Mexican named Norman, um, brown guy in Texas, I felt uncomfortable for most of my life. And um, when I got a girl pregnant um, after being in a band uh, for a couple of years, doing a little bit of a circuit in Austin and San Antonio and up and in, in between, you know, kind of fun life. I don't remember a lot of it, but just from <laughs> drink, drinking and using a lot. But and I'm in recovery. We can get to that at some point. Um, but I joined the Marine Corps because I actually needed a job. I mean, really. And my dad, uh, who was 21 years in the Air Force, said to me uh, when he knew that I was, you know, I had a decision to make because I was about to become a father. Um, he said, you know, I know you're considering joining the military, but whatever you do, um, do not uh, join the Marine Corps. And uh, I mean, what do we do? I mean, we want to prove something. You know, I was a rebel. I still am a little bit. And I joined the Marine Corps. And, and, you know, my dad didn't think I was going to really um, make it because, you know, I was kind of irresponsible, um, late a lot, sometimes uh, noncommittal, um, uh, past due bills. I think I had a warrant for my arrest. I mean, all kinds of things. 
Um, but there was something about that uniform, and you hear it a lot by, by Marines. There's something about that u- uniform. There's something about going in first. There's something about being tough and all that other stuff. That it's, it's a bit of a challenge. And um, I actually managed the Marine Corps quite easily uh, because right. my, my, my dad was so hard on me because he was Air Force. He didn't have a dad. Um, it was on his own at 15 years old. Uh, to, to me, he's one of my heroes, Vietnam uh, veteran, Agent Orange, that sort of thing. But he wasn't the most, how should I say, warm father growing up. But it actually was, that was to, uh, an advantage that I have in the Marine Corps because, you know, while they're yelling us at us in boot camp uh, in the chow line or making us do extra push ups or whatever they're doing, in my mind, I'm laughing. I'm like, this is like, you guys are like, this is an act, you know? <laughs> and um, while other guys are, you know, breaking down, uh, wetting their bed so they can get kicked out or getting injured on purpose, that sort of thing. I just absolutely enjoy the Marine Corps. It's an experience I never regretted. I'm glad to have that brotherhood. You know, I'm at the American Legion right now, so I really enjoy being a veteran. But the, the short answer to your question was why join the Marine Corps was I, I needed a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just smart enough to be able to make the uh, test score to become military police, which is something I wanted to do. And um and I'm telling you, uh, just even back then, you know, I'm a, as you mentioned earlier, I'm a pastor. But even back then, uh, although I didn't think that God cared about me, I was already um, thinking that God was um, um, actually there when I look back at it, because I shouldn't have even have made it in the Marine Corps in the beginning, because my system was so uh, full of drugs that um, all those tests that they give you to see if you, I've got any of that system. Somehow I made it through and I just barely made it enough to get clean, you know, to, to, to stay in there and, and to, um, and to start having a career there. And I was uh, first stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, went to 29 Palms, a desert storm hit. And um, I was on a tarmac twice. Uh, but that's, I, I would say this, that out of everything, um, that I wish I could have done in the Marine Corps. I wish I'd have gone to, to combat, but they held us back because as you mentioned, I was in law enforcement and they needed certain amount of law enforcement back at the, at the base uh, to watch over things or be a part of, you know, the security out there. Uh, but I really wish I, w- I would have gone. And um, um, I don't know if you, anyone has told you this, but we we're, we're the country. Uh, we hadn't been to war, um, had a major conflict since Vietnam. The country was terrified of Saddam Hussein using gas, mm-hmm. um, chemical weapons. So I was in the I was in the gas chamber like every three months. <laughs> it's like, wow. you know, they put us in the gas chamber, put on those tablets, put in our gear, take our gear off, um, training us up. And I ended up not going, but I learned how to use a, a, a face mask. <laughs> I mean, a, a, a gas mask. Um, but you know, I married that that uh, girl that I. Uh, you know, that got pregnant and uh, that didn't last. Um, e- even a normal relationship, it's uh, the, the military is very hard, especially the Marine Corps. Um, so well, that you know, my, my involvement, which kind of uh, one of the things that why I do what I do with the American Legion, it was I, I had the opportunity as a producer to do uh, some training videos with the U.S. Marine Corps. Well, that's right. And, and I went down to Pendleton and Quantico and that was my first time really you know, up close and personal with the military because my dad was in the army, but he died when I was four. So I didn't really know anything about the military. And I was kind of an anti-military guy when I was a teenager and all that. So going to that, um, doing those training videos for the Marine Corps introduced me to the Marines. And I, I met some of the best people I'd ever met in my life. And it impressed me with the, the leadership and the skills and the attitude that was uh, being, you know, promoted within it. It, you know, I walked away from that experience feeling, what can I do? You know, what, how can I serve? How can I give back? I can't be a Marine, but what else can I do? So that's kind of how I got involved in veteran support stuff. So it was that opportunity that opened the door for me. And I'm, I'm thankful and grateful that I had that opportunity so I could do what I do today. Well, people, uh, the military need people like you who've got a sense of connection and cause. Um, otherwise, we're kind of... Uh, just on our own and uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, 
and depending on your calling, uh, we've got to carry out legacy so that we learn from the past, prevent stuff from the future. And then when stuff does happen, like conflict, you know, we, we know how to handle it. Well, you opened up a door on a question. Uh, so you, you're in the Marine Corps for eight years, you're military police. Um, obviously, you talked about your younger life when you were kind of like, you know, a pretty wild out there musician doing drugs, uh, drinking too much. But then you're now you're living a life of being clean and sober. And how did that happen? When did that happen? And, and what was that thing? Because you introduced that into the conversation. So I'd love to hear. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I'm not shy about it at all. Some people say, hey, um, do you mind if I mention that or whatever this case? I, I think that um, one of the best things that we could do for one another in society, and it's not for everybody, is to share your story, your testimony. As we would say in the recovery meetings, your um, experience, strength and hope. Um, and even the bad experience you share so that people can hopefully feel like they can avoid something or um, as they're going through th something, they, they uh, m maybe have some information that'll help them. But really, uh, it's just really odd. When I got out of the military, uh, I was at Camp Pendleton. Uh, I was an investigator by then out there. That was a really fun um, tour there. Uh, I had met a woman out here in Los Angeles. Is, I'm not with her but um, today, but uh, I met her, and that was the reason why I got out of the Marine Corps out here in LA and, and moved in, moved in uh, with her uh, in Los Angeles. But uh, I kind of started having my own little PTSD. It's like really weird. I was in Okinawa. I was in Korea, um, 29 Palms, uh, as I said, you know, Pendleton. I've been through some special training, and I've been to a, been to a lot of different types of uh, – physical confrontations, altercations, you know, being in the Marine Corps, having to take people down, that sort of thing. And I think when I got out, um, and, and, the, and the therapist uh, thought it was because um, I lost that sense of security uh, with the Marine Corps, but other therapists had other theories, but I started having like severe, severe panic attacks. Hmm. Um, in fact, my first panic attack I had, um, I, I'm wearing a gun and belt and a badge and a uniform out of Camp Pendleton. And um, I just started having these uh, episodes. And so I would try to drink uh, uh, myself to, to calm this. And at some point, it stopped working. No matter how much I drank, uh, it didn't work. In fact, it just made things worse. The very next day, I had a hangover. I started making really dumb decisions, all kinds of silly uh, stuff like drinking and driving. Um, had my first DUI uh, while I was in the military. Um, but uh, so I went to go see a therapist at the VA. And here's the other thing about the VA, you know, VA gets a lot of a bad, you know, reputation or bad rap and they deserve a lot of that criticism. But the doctors I had were great. Um, and, and also if anyone's watching this, um, I think this is something to, to, to be uh, said to do something courageously. Um, for me, um, I didn't feel like at the, at first I was getting the proper care. But I pushed. I, I, I said, uh, I'll speak to your boss. Or I'll speak to the next director. Or I'll speak to the next doctor, that sort of thing. Um, we don't have to accept status quo. And I got good care out of the VA because of just insisting that I, you know, find the right care. But I ran into this doctor and he said to me, uh, Joe, uh, do you know what day it is today? I said, OK, it's Tuesday or whatever it was. <laughs> do you know what time it is? Yes. Yeah, OK, um, count backwards from. 10 to 1, I did. He goes, you're not crazy. Um, what you need is some serious counseling. Um, and because I was so impressed with him, when we went into the program, I, I asked if that doctor was a part of the program, which he was, Dr. Kintenar. He never returns my calls because I want to thank him for saving my life. But I think he does that to keep that separation between doctor and patient and then patient moving on. Um, and he kind of told me he would do that. But I, I just want to thank him so much because hmm. some of these doctors probably don't realize – or probably hear the stories that aren't success. You know, I, I don't, I actually don't know this, but I, just my instinct, I just feel like I want to thank him, man, because uh, I, I owe him my life in a lot of ways because he said this. So I went to a session and he says, Joe, so how's, how's it going? I said, well, I got drunk last night. Da, da, da. And after about the third time he's saying that, he goes, I can't see you anymore unless you get sober. There's no way I, I can't help you. Stop it. Otherwise I'm stopping it, you know? And I had so much um, trust in him. I had so much faith in him that he would able to, was able to help me get out of these panic attacks. By then, I was taking, um, you know, um, 
um, volume and all kinds of weird stuff. And I want, it just messed with my head and I wanted to get off that stuff. So my journey of recovery started then. And um, I've had some slips here and there. Um, I'm, I'm 10 years sober now, but um, really he started that journey. And here's what I learned. I learned that, you know, um, you don't really need that in your system to have a good time, uh, to live a full life, um, to, uh, to do things, you know, you've, you've heard this, I'm sure liquid courage, you, you don't need any of that. Uh, it, it is a process to be able to get out of that mindset. Cause that's what we've been, we've been used to since we we're 14, 13, whenever we first started drinking. But once you start transitioning over to a, a, a life of clean and sober, uh, and there's so many people around here and, and also Los Angeles has some of the best recovery out here. It, by the time I was getting recovery in the late nineties, it was actually a trend. <laughs> so, you know, celebrities were getting sober and they were being public about it. Um, you know, politicians were, and, you know, so I, I felt like I was part, part of the, part of the pool, cool club. And, and by the way, some of these meetings, I mean, you're, you're sitting next to very successful people. You'd recognize them in movies and stuff like that. So that was kind of inspiring too. sort of like, wow, if, this very, very famous boxer, you know, is saying, look, um, this is saving me. Um, and a guy like me, um, seeing a guy being humble like that, I'm like, well, you know what? I can be humble too, um, or at least try. So um, I know it's a little tangent here, but I, I really believe that, um, you know, without um, that doctor from the VA and me getting recovery, uh, that I would have the life that I have now which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit about some of the things um, I've done and some of the things I'm doing now. Um, Cause I got, I got plenty to do just like you. Yeah. Well, this, that to use that to pivot. Uh, I'm going to put up a, this is a book you wrote called bounce back with faith and it's on Amazon. Um, and it, it, the subtitle is we're designed to bounce back. So that uh, book, when did you write that? And, and I'm assuming that that is a part of your story that you shared in that book. You know, why did you write it? When did you write it? And what was the message of that book? And, and what message will people take if they uh, pick that up? Well, simply this, if you could put, the, put it back up um, and I'll talk with, if you look at that red highlight is that we are designed to bounce back um, and you can take it off now. Um, that was sort of the um, core um, principle or reason or uh, drive behind that book because I felt like, um, you know, after having my little run in with the law, you know, the drugs and alcohol, uh, you know, the, um, the, the struggle and anxiety disorder, maybe it was a little PTSD that after been through all that and then get to a comfortable state to be able to do all kinds of really cool things. I felt like I, well, I didn't feel like I, I, I strongly believe that we are all designed to bounce back. We are, des, we are designed this way. And I think it's a very important message because a lot of people feel like they'll never get out of their rut or they'll uh, never achieve their dreams. Uh, and there's a lot to that too. Sometimes you're pursuing the wrong dream, but um, uh so that's what it was, man, we are designed. Well, you know, some people say that, hey, we're born this way. And, and sometimes um, there could be a negative connotation with that. But it's also the other way around. I strongly believe that we're also designed to bounce back. And so that's where that came from. And it was a journey uh, from, you know, not being walking in faith to um, walking in faith and using um some of the, the lessons that, that, are, that are taught to us in, in our faith uh, to bounce back. And they're all basic principles. It really, really is uh, sort of like, uh, I'll give you number uh, one of the first ones. Well, I think all of us would, would understand or, or see in these recovery programs, we got to admit we have a problem. Well, okay, okay. You, you admit, sometimes we feel it and it's like, I, I don't even have to admit it. I feel it, you know. But there's a second part to that. And that is, is that, you know, we as a human race really don't have as much as power as we think we have, right? In other words, there must be something bigger and greater out there than us. And I think that if anything that the pandemic taught us was that, I mean, my goodness, worldwide, we're scrambling to uh, get a um, vaccine or, you know, uh, contain this. I mean, as smart as we think we are, 
we really had a rough time for a couple of years trying to um, stay safe, stay healthy, not die. Um, so my, my point being is, is that there are um, there's something out there in, in, in my belief system, in mine is God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, that there's something bigger and greater than us. Okay, so now you have that. Um, can we tap into this uh, greater being, greater power, higher power? Can we tap into that or connect with that in such a way that we can form a relationship and then also now have a relationship such that that um, helps us and gets us through whatever we need to get through. Um, and also um, when, we've, when we're feeling like we can't go any further, like, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you're, you're benching 225 pounds. Like I know you do. I think you do like 245 or something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, but can you do that extra rep, you know, sort of thing. And I think that's where that higher power, that my Lord and Savior, that's where that extra power comes from is, is something higher and bigger um, than ourselves. And I think I'm kind of messing it up a bit. But that is the beginning of, you know, needing that help to, to get over uh, whatever crap, you know, you need to get over. Because a lot of us have like weird addictions or weird obsessions, you know, that sort of thing. And sometimes we can't do it on, we can't do it on our own. Um, but we're designed you know, to reach out. You, you, you know, it's just like I always say, you know, because I I say God had a bigger plan for my life than I had okay. for my own, right? And, you know, I grew up and I dropped out of high school when I was 15 and my goal was survival. I never, ever envisioned the life I live or what I do and work in the film industry and all this stuff. It was never on my agenda or never in my wildest dreams could I ever, ever imagine that I do what I do now, you know, and you realize you you put in your effort, you do what you do, but somehow there's a bigger plan. And like you said, there's there's there is that beyond you, well, that that higher power, that ability. And and you know, it's kind of led me to where I have a life today. And so I mean, that's something to understand and understand that we're we don't have all the answers ourselves individually. We just don't, you know. Yeah, you you're you're saying it you're saying it better than I because that was the second part to um that I think has to be mentioned that sometimes um, what we think our plan is, um, is not our plan, <laughs> you know, and, um, and it's good. And, and once we realize that, and like you said, you got like, wow, God had a different plan for me. We can also get into a space of gratitude, man. It's like, 100%. whoa, this is like, I thought I was going over there, but I'm over here and wow, this is so much better over here, you know, sort of thing. When, and that thing of gratitude, I mean, I, I, I've made it for years since I've kind of adopted that. Every day I have a gratitude journal that I write things that I'm grateful for. And, you know, it, it's to me, it's one of the most powerful um, gifts in my life because I think to wake up every day and, and, you know, I've been through struggles. I've been through financial struggles and, you know, personal struggles, and just like all of us. We're human. Um but even in the middle of your hardest times, even in the middle of your worst times, looking at what you're grateful for just gives you a strength. It just gives you a strength to keep going. And it gives you a strength to appreciate what you got, even if it isn't everything you want. You That's still right. got it. You know what That's I right. mean? That's right. And what you're also saying, too, is like no matter um, what's going on, that we can have a sense of peace with that. Because sometimes I also think that a lot of us, we just want peace. We, we just want to feel comfortable in our own skin or comfortable with whatever is going on, which is not easy, you know, especially in a world where we're being pulled in all these different directions. So, yeah, this is good stuff. 100%. Well, now let's keep going with your story. I want to, because you got so much of what you're doing. And so let's go into the, um, you know, the stuff with the American Legion, a pastor, you're a chaplain over there at a, uh, uh, Pacific Palisades Post 283. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Share that. Of course, we're going to go into um, Revive LA, and I want to go into yeah. your, your vet stream too. But yeah, just yeah, let, me, let me briefly make sure that I get into what happened when I got out of the Marine Corps, because I think this is also is part of the uh, the journey, and that is and 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 why I got into into the American Legion. Since I was in law enforcement, um, I started a security company um, even before I got out of the military. And uh, I had a few different versions of it, but uh, the short end of it was that I uh, sold my company in 2015. I had 500, 500 plus employees, uh, offices from here all the way to Chicago. And I was on a plane once a week. It was such a fun life. 
um, while at the same time, it's extremely stressful. I was always worried about money. I was worried about getting sued, but it was time for me to sell it. And so when I sold uh, my company, uh, my father-in-law had started coming to the American Legion because um, he's an Air Force veteran. And um, they were trying to figure out a way um, to get me a part of leadership. Um, and, and, you know, the American Legion, uh, you know, some people have been around quite a bit and uh, it's, it's almost like an um, old old timers. Right. Yeah. But uh, to, to his credit, Jerry Romano, who's now the department commander say, Hey, I can figure out a way to get you, uh, you know, on the board. And that was uh, to be a chaplain because he knew by then um, my wife and I had already started a church revived LA and uh, I'll never forget this. This is really kind of funny. So I, I went to my first meeting and, and I just sold my company. So here I am thinking like, Oh, you know, everyone should just like, just, you know, listen to me, like, and just drop what they're doing when I say something. Cause that's how it is. By the time you've been doing business 20 years, um, you know, there's a certain type of respect that you just kind of develop over time. It doesn't happen overnight, whatever. But, and I remember I, I said, I want to put in motion to do whatever. And they said, Oh, uh, chaplains don't have any, um, voting rights. And I'm like, that was like my first indication, like, okay, you're, you're at a new, you're starting over. <laughs> and then I, and I, and I said, okay, well, I'll pray about it then. Um, so, but I was so, um, you know, I got to tell you, one of the most, um, you know, experiences that I've ever had in my life that I can really cherish and just so glad I did. It was actually the chaplaincy here at uh, the American Legion, because, you know, if you look at the preamble, it says for God and country. Um, and I think, you know, probably would agree with this, that we've kind of lost that a little bit in our country. Not that I need to be preaching and now that I, I need to convert people who don't want to be converted. Um, but I do put myself out there that, Hey, this is a great life having a, a relationship with God. Um, I took the, I took the job seriously with my prayers, um, with helping people. We started a chapel here on Sundays. I just finished it a few hours ago. Um, chapel Sundays. So you, you have a chapel at every military base. You have a chapel in the hospitals, even uh, in Santa Monica, I went to uh, St. John's to visit Comrade Jay McCann. There's a chapel there. So this is real. And people do um, um, connect with uh, God in a way that they gather on the, on the Sunday. And uh, we, we, we provide that. Um, I ended up starting Revive LA uh, a few years ago when the church that I was at, and we're still affiliated with them, <laughs> is they were more on the side of traditional. They were more on the side of you know, how they've been doing stuff for hundreds of years, you know, a Lutheran denomination. And I just couldn't relate to it. Um, ap after a while, I felt like we need to get out into the mission field. We, we need to go tell people. Um, we need to go out and meet people versus trying to get people to come to us. Um, and that's why we started Revive LA. Now, Revive LA really started with just Revive. But um, I noticed that the other churches were adding LA to it. Um, as a way of distinguishing from other parts of the country, as a way of as a way of distinguishing, but I've been kind of criticized, um, you know, by some religious leaders actually. But revive LA? Who do you think you are? Are you going to revive all of Los Angeles? I'm like, it's just a name. I mean, <laughs> it, it just we're revive and we're in Los Angeles. That's where it came from. But it sounds like revive LA. Well, you're only like 20 to 50 people. Who, who do you think you are? So, um, and and that's what we. And that's the world we live in, right? Even we yes. have a tendency to criticize each other, and, and way too so, much. Yeah, and uh, but I got to tell you, uh, Revive LA. Um, uh, you know, our mission statement is to cultivate and rekindle a love for God and people, plain and simple. So, if you want to put it in just a few words, love God, love people. I don't care what background you have, what culture you're from, or if you're religious or you're not religious. Come hang out with us, hear a few songs, hear a message. And that's what you get. You need some help spiritually. We'd like to be there for you. Um, so th that's uh, um, that, 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 that's what we're about. And uh, it's worked really well. And I think we've seen hundreds of people go through our, our little church service. Well, I was, uh, you know, uh, blessed to attend one of your services that you did over at uh, in Pacific Palisades at, at um, after the Afghanistan um, yep. exit. And you had some veterans there who were involved, who spoke and everything. And that was the first time I saw you actually in that light where you and your um, 
your wife and everything got up and, and, and pastored, but also sang and, you know, led people in service and, you know, that message of, uh, you know, God and love. I mean, you know, you just, you, you just got a feeling that, you know, you were there for the people that you were there to to share love and lift people up, you know, and and people need it. Uh, And that's kind of what I, what I saw you doing. Um, And then I got to see you, of course, another time when you did it in Santa Monica at a little cafe and you uh, tried to help the cafe by bringing people to the cafe. And once again, you know, um, doing a service at the cafe and performing and everything. And, you know, once again, you were touching people's lives and that's, you know, the spirit of Revive LA. That's what. And you know what? We still, we, we may go back there and do that again. Uh, I'll let you know. Let me know. We, we were just talking about that today because uh, our keyboard player, he goes to open mic there on Friday night. And so it just, um, you know, I don't know if you know the story behind the owner there, but, you know, she was going through really rough times as most businesses were uh, during the pandemic. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And she, had said that someone had been coming around and talking to her about God, um, having some sort of faith um, because she was just not really into it. But a lot of times people sometimes get to a point like, okay, I don't know where else to go. Nothing's working. No drugs is working. No relationships are working. Nothing's working. I mean, what else is there? And that's why I always say like, well, what else do you have to lose? I mean, give it, give it a shot. You know, what's just try it, you know, sort of thing. And I, I, I think we caught her at, at those moments and she, she was almost embracing having some sort of spiritual event um, out there. And so, yeah, we want to do that again. Sorry. And I know you, you also do some. Here's a picture. You do some at the beach as well. Here's uh, you and your wife and the, and the band on, on a cold California day. It does get cold here. <laughs> you know, I'm really impressed with your, your little uh, media here. But, yeah, that, that's um, Easter uh, morning. And. It, my goodness. It's, I mean, God's so great. I, well, for, well, first, every time that we've set up there, on, on, we don't get a permit or anything like that. And, and that's probably not good on my part. I'm like, come on. We're, just <laughs> out there. we're only out there 30 minutes. Come on. Is that, is that the rebel still in you, brother? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. I wish I, I need to pray about that. But, you know, <laughs> the park ranger comes by and, and, and I, I think someone called on us and says, hey, you got to shut down. I'm like, I'm not shutting down. And he's like, well, you're going to get a ticket. I'm like, well, give me a ticket. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm not shutting down. Right. So I get, a t- I get a ticket. So I kind of messed with my head for, for a little bit. But um, it's just so interesting. And I got to tell you, this has happened like two or three years in a row where we get like front page coverage. In fact, we were on one of the, I think we were on KCAL. Huh. And we are, I think like 30 people showed up that Easter morning. But there were a few other um, um, legitimate services going on with permits and everything that had a couple hundred people, bands, a bunch of bands. We just show up, you know, have this little small group. And for whatever reason, it's happened almost two, three years in a row that we just get this big coverage. And um, and I'll get calls. And I got it. Well, uh, I was in USA. Was it USA Today? I think I was in USA Today. Uh, um, the, right when the pandemic um, ended or the time that we could start having services again, for whatever reason, that beach service uh, gets a lot of attention and you know what? So be it. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> well, that's good. Well, w- w- one of these days I got to uh, introduce you to a dear brother of mine. Uh, his name is, he's a pastor too, Rudy Gonzalez, and he was a force recon Marine. Oh, nice. He's out in Temecula now and him and his family have a, a mission a, a ministry called cert ministry and they go out and they rescue children from sex traffickers and they've been doing it for years wow. just, an, just one of the most amazing uh people i know in my life and also his family but i'm gonna have to connect you guys at some point because i think you'd uh you know both appreciate uh, each other on, on so many different levels Very so cool. I'll, I'll definitely do that um t- tell me a little i'm gonna um pivot a little so i make sure i cover oh. and then i can pivot back but i'd love to cover your you know, you know the stuff that you're doing in media. Because, like I said, when I met you, you were, you had the theater over there. You had some uh, film screenings over there, and then you had started. We had talked about the flag and putting it up on your um, uh, Betstream TV channel, streaming channel. And here's just some pictures of the channel, as well as um, uh, also on YouTube where people can connect with Betstream TV. But why don't you tell us a little bit about that endeavor that you created with Vestream TV? What was the purpose of it? How people can connect with it and, and, and what you're doing in the world with that right now? 
Well, I wish I could spend a lot more time with SUTV because I actually think that financially it'll give me uh, probably my biggest return yet. Um, it, it seems like there are other parts of my life that are um, really pulling me, but um, but we've been managing and maintaining it and um, we're still active. But it's a, a another spiritual situation. Um, I was looking to put together a... Um, faith-based streaming channel there's already a few out there but i wanted to put together a faith-based streaming channel and i called a um a couple of film festivals christian film festivals and i reached this gal up up in um new jersey named levon she's one of our partners at vestream and um she's a college professor she's a journalist she's all she's got some credentials of her own and i said you know i'd like to have um or how can i make a deal with you with some of the content that you're getting, we can create the streaming channel and perhaps um, you can participate, you know, and be a partner of it. And we had a great conversation. We got along well. We have very, we're two very different personalities. She's very um, orderly, organized, and I'm just like all over the place. Um, but, um, and I, I said to her, eventually, eventually I'd like to do a streaming channel where it's just like veteran related content. And, uh, she so said, Joe, 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 you got to do that first because there's already there's already faith-based channels out there. Do this one first. And I thought about it for about five minutes, <clears throat> and I said, you're right. And uh, so that's, uh, that's how we were born. And, and, and you probably know this. And when, what, when, when was that, uh, Joe? How long ago? Uh, I want to say 2016, 2017. Okay. But, but we've had a uh, sort of a new life in the last year and a half. Um, because, as you probably know, um, the, the media is, uh, the industry technology is just changing so fast. Um, I mean, even a year is like, you know, what 10 years were, you know, back in the day you know, when you had normal type broadcasting. Um, but um, when I first started out, the the, the back end uh, hosting uh, was like, I think I was spending $2,000 a month. Uh, I was licensing films. Um, you know, I was charging $3.99. And, you know, you need a lot of that in order for the, 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 the profit um, or the revenue to catch up with the expenses. And to be honest, uh, I just got exhausted with that formula and we took a pause, and then what we um, redid was to um, – uh, it wasn't even a relaunch because we never really stopped, but we um, uh, changed our model to absolutely free, um, which means most of the content we have out there we don't pay for. And there, are, there is plenty of content out there that people are willing to just, hey, show my, um, show my, show my content, and if, um, if anything comes out of it, maybe we'll give you a cut or – or, you know, have, you know, uh, we, we don't sign um, strong contracts. I mean, if someone got discovered because of you were on our channel, um, th then we're happy uh, for that. And but we were having our first film festival in November. Um, and so content's already coming in on that. I've got 100,000 uh, plus subscribers uh, that, uh, you know, that, that I have. I think we have probably twenty-five to 50,000 views a month or unique, uh, unique visits a month. So we're getting there. Um, and where, um, where is the film festival going to be held or is it online? Well, so we'll see a little bit about it. Yeah, it's tentatively scheduled here at the American Legion in the Palisades. Um, our, our, our second choice or another choice we have is Patriotic, Patriotic Hall, Bob Hope Patriotic Hall. And you and I talked about that already. Um, you know, the pros and cons of that. And I'm also thinking about the USS Iowa. Um, but I kind of like it here where I'm at right now, Ronald Reagan, Palisades, both, because um, it's a small town. Um, we got a big room, uh, all the media, all the audio is here. Never done it here before. I don't know. Since it's new, you know, maybe it'll have a, a different excitement. But I, I have a ways to go to before we make that final determination. Well, Actually, a couple more months, but you know, <laughs> otherwise um, it'll be too late. But um, but but to to you know, come full circle with the Vestream TV. One thing that I really grew a passion for uh, is, and again, I think you and I talked talked about this a lot, was for the Vietnam veterans, and it was because I, I never forgot, and never will forget this. Um, before I thought I was going to Saudi Arabia. 
Um, we were all scared. The nation was scared, but they were also unified. And they, you know, there was kind of like this unwritten uh, conversation out there um, you know, that was basically this. We are not going to treat the um, veterans going into conflict, you know, when they come back, like the way we treated the Vietnam veterans. And I never forgot that. And there was so much care or so much precaution that was put in to how we did military exercises, how we got treated, um, all kinds of things because of the Vietnam, because of what the Vietnam veterans went through. And I didn't really even realize, you know, the, the, the depth of, of all of this. And even in as close as home, because my dad was a Vietnam veteran and actually uh, um, had Agent Orange and had to go through his own process, um, that I created this passion and just just real dedication to and so i got another film coming out it's, it's called um 10 badass things that you didn't know about vietnam veterans and uh, i can't wait for that to come out because uh, there are certain things that we took for granted but the military um the vietnam vets you know kind of sacrifice um you know their comfort their com whatever it was so so yeah so now we have vestry tv and um, it, it's uh, and, and the other thing, too, is, is that we're also trying to capture um, uh, families. So I got this really great, great, talented um, sh uh, woman there, Maria Mendez, who does um, uh, makeovers for military veterans who are on hard times. They can't they can't redo an office. They can't redo a um, their kitchen. Uh, she actually did a, a, a woman's veterans uh, 16. Um, um, apartment uh, type uh, facility and did a complete makeover. And um, so she's sort of like our HGTV of, um, of Vestream TV. And I, you know, I just, just take note of her because she's gonna, she's gonna make it someday and we'll be like, Hey Maria, don't forget us. <laughs> Can I go on your show? You know, that sort of thing. When we did a grand opening here, she, she did our, uh, she was one of our MCs and she's, she's going to be one of the hosts. Or one of the guests, I believe, for our our um, our channel. I mean, for our um, our film festival. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what else is going on for you? What else would you like to touch, um, share with the audience, and, and share about what you're doing going forward at this point? Well, I'd like to put out there uh, because I'm just now kind of going through it. So I had um, turned over my chaplaincy role over to. A really great guy. He's a a, um, a doctor in counseling. He's a um, 23 year veteran in the Navy. Uh, he was a chaplain in the Navy. Um, he has a pastor. He's a pastor of several churches. Um, so he's our new chaplain here at the, at the post, Ronald Reagan Palisades Post. But um, the reason why I mention that is is because um, I've been um, um, selected for, or voted for, or elected. Uh, to be the first vice commander here at the, at the post. So it's taken on a little bit of a larger responsibility and larger role. And what I've learned about that very, um, you know, it's only been a couple of weeks, but last night I went to my first event uh, where I sat with Gary Luttrell and uh, a Medal of Honor uh, recipient and a foundation tribute to Valor. And so we were part of, you know, because we gave him a grant or gave his organization a grant. So I presented the, uh, you know, that big giant check. And I hung around in a pretty nice place in Brentwood for about four hours. I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of my seat. And I, that's, that's really tough for me because I love moving around. But um, so it looks like uh, I'm going to be a little bit more uh, interactive with the public when it comes to veteran cause, veteran support organizations, and um, doing what I can to raise awareness. Um, you know, so it's a different role um lately and then um along those lines i didn't mention this but you'll see you'll soon uh hear about it is that we're doing our first spirit hike so it's a hike that we're doing in september and we're flying out um jessica lynch i don't know if you heard of her she was a pow out of iraq one of the first women um POWs. Wounded during that uh right back what's then? that she was one of the first ones wounded or something or yeah or i don't I should probably, <laughs> I should probably learn more about her story. Uh, but I, I, I have a, a vague remembrance of that story, but yes. yeah. Well, the nation kind of like, oh my gosh, there was a woman POW, and um, they were kind of probably using her as a, right. um, 
Yeah, and, and they made a movie out of her, uh, out right, of the story. Right. And she's experienced a lot of trauma. So she's going to be our guest speaker. Um, and we'll, we'll be filming that. But we're going to be doing a hike where we're going to gather veterans and people from the community together. Um, and so that'll be in, in, in September. So, yeah, I want to make sure I mention that. And, and just uh, with that, for people who don't know, and, you know, obviously some of my audience knows and some don't. But I, I'm a son of the Legion, which means I was able to join the uh, Post 43 in Hollywood because my dad was in the U.S. Army. So what is the Legion and who can join it for people who are not familiar with how they could get involved with something like the American Legion? Well, that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked it because um, already in less than a week and a half, I, I've been asked to um, speak right on the fly. And usually I'm okay with speaking on the fly, like hearing myself talk. But, um, but you know, in, in this particular role, um, I'm, I'm learning that there are things that, um, I, that, that probably should be mentioned. And, and that was one of them. Even last night, I'm like, okay, a lot of people don't know who the American Legion is. I actually didn't know, you know. Right. All right. And, uh, and it's important that, very important that people know. It's the largest uh, veteran um, organization, nonprofit in the country. Um, millions, even though there's, there's a downturn uh, on the membership, there's millions of members um, that was chartered and started in 1919. And there's uh, posts, I guess you can call them chapters, but posts all throughout the country. And we just happen to be the one in um, Pacific Palisades. Now, the purpose of the American Legion, and they've got four pillars, Americanism, and they have um, you know, veterans, but really it's, it's veteran support. And, and it can look different. Uh, support um, is in, in several different ways. Uh, it's uh, pointing people to get proper treatment, proper care, maybe some retraining um, um, for a job, um, camaraderie, you know, just hanging out. Um, but um, I, I do think, though, that the American Legion is examining itself to how it can reach the next generation of of veterans since, you know, it's not the same. What people, what Vietnam veterans and World War II people were interested, or those veterans interested in at, at those particular times is not what the veterans of today are interested in. And I mean specifically like gaming. <laughs> they just, I think, passed a resolution. It's going to be in the constitution that gaming is going to be one of, part of our, um, and I think you, did you, have you interviewed Andre yet? Uh, Andre Andres? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a good friend. Matter of fact, he took me uh, and my daughter horseback riding. I went out to his Warrior Road uh, uh, farm. Yeah, so we, we have you interviewed him? A couple weeks ago, yeah. yeah. Have you interviewed him? Oh, yeah, I did interview him. He was oh, under- okay. Because he's a, he's a hard guy to pin down, too. <laughs> but, oh, yes, he is. He's very, well, he's yeah. wor- he works nonstop between the horses, the equestrian uh, nonprofit he does, being yeah. part of uh, your post. And then, of course, he works on a legal program um, that provides legal services to veterans. So, you know, he's and a great he, guy. Yeah, he ushered in this whole gaming thing. And that's um, guys. Yeah. So, um, again, I mean, that's just a, an example of a, a veteran um, interest that didn't exist probably not even five years ago, or maybe so. We just didn't see it. Um, so yeah, uh, the American Legion, you know, large organization, nonprofit um, for veterans in the country, is looking for ways to usher in the new um, um, g- generation and how we can support one another. Excellent. And, and once again, obviously, all veterans can join it. It's an organization for veterans, but uh, uh, sons of the Legion can join if their parents were in the in military. And then there's an auxiliary as well that can people can join. Correct. So those are the different ways that you can be involved with the American Legion. Yeah, I feel like the auxiliary doesn't get the attention that it, it deserves. So it, it be, it's going to be one of my next uh, sort of, um, you know, purposes, I guess, um, or goals is to um, raise awareness <coughs> for the auxiliary because who are usually um, wives or daughters of veterans and they're women. Um, <coughs> but I, I, I really like how they participate because they do stuff like, like veterans don't really want to do like set up tables or do something decorative or participate in like 4th of July, you know, that sort of thing. 
Um, Family but, events, things like that. Yeah, which are all important stuff uh, for sure. <clears throat> and the Suns, oh my gosh, they've always, at least here at our post, they're one of the stronger um, entities of the American Legion because they are getting together um, actually more um, from what I see um, out of sense of appreciation where the veterans, there's a sense of call. There's a sense of, um, you know, giving back uh, or maybe you need help, you know, sort of right. thing. Um, the sons um, have a different attitude. And as a result, uh, it kind of all fits well together, you know, here at the American Legion. Well, you know, as we wrap the show up, I think, you know, we covered a lot. We covered, you know, your book. People can check out your book online on Amazon. Obviously, uh, Best Stream TV on YouTube, Best Stream TV uh, on the Internet. If people want to get involved, uh, watch the content, share content. If you have content to reach out to you, you know, obviously, if they can join the American Legion Post 283, if they're in that area and want to become part of what you're doing out there. So there's a lot of ways. How do people contact you and what kind of takeaway a message would you like to give uh, people who've watched the show today and heard all the things that you've done? Because I think you're a good example of someone who's lived a courageous life, someone who's lived a life of service and contribution and and then uh, gratitude. And I think those are all the kind of things that we need more of in the world today. And and you're a good example of that. So yeah, take away to close, man, and, and share whatever. Yeah, yeah. Else. So one way to get hold of me, really easy, is uh, Joe at revivela.net. Uh, super simple, Joe at revivela.net. Um, I, I would say that um, uh, maybe a little takeaway, and I learned this in the last seven years, is that I, I do think that life is a series of restarts. Or, um, yeah, I mean, you know, especially nowadays where. Um, it used to be probably in, in our generation, you get a job at seven up or the post office, you retire 30 years later, 25 years. And, um, and that's it. Um, nowadays jobs aren't lasting very long. Um, things move quicker. Companies close down faster. Um, uh, you know, you don't see, uh, people staying in jobs very long, um, for a lot, for a lot of those reasons. Um, I've seen and discovered even on my own that we do have to reinvent ourselves, you know, every so often. And it could be a very frustrating time or uh, um, disappointing time for us, or it could be just like super fun, you know, like, Hey, what do I, what have I always wanted to do? Or could I try something that I never have tried? And now more than ever, because of the internet, um, there's a lot of, cutting out of the middleman. So I started Vestream TV. I don't need to go to a major studio. We can create our own content. I can create my own followers, my own viewers. I can create my own subscription base. Um, I can get sponsors all day long. I don't need any of that. And that's just one example. Same thing with the, with the church or Revive LA. You know, I don't need to belong to any denomination. I could actually give sermons or messages or encouraging things, which I do um, on, on social media. So um, now more than ever, right, John? I mean, come on now, somebody. Yep, that's right. <laughs> now more than ever, we can live courageously. It's just, right. it's 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 in front of us, um, but um, it it does take a little bit of, I guess, encouraging one another um, to, to 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 do that. So, and and you're doing that by interviewing people like such as myself, and you're doing it on your own. You have your own podcast. I mean. I saw that you had Sorbo. What's his name? Kevin um, Sorbo. Uh -huh. Yeah, and I ran, I ran into him uh, here and there. Um, so yeah, don't don't forget about the little people, John. You know. <laughs> hey, we are the little people, man. <laughs> so I, I can I can never forget you, brother, or anybody yep. else, because I, I know where I came from, and my roots will always be who I am. So I'm. Yeah, yeah. you're awesome, man. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Appreciate what you're doing. Anybody who wants it can or will support Best Stream TV. Uh, support a Revive LA, be part of that, reach out to Joe. And thank you very much for being part of this. I really appreciate it, brother. Yeah, and I look forward to seeing you at some of these events that we belong to. 100%. See you there. Okay. All right. Bye. All right. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the show and was inspired by the message of Joe Ramirez. So uh, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um <laughs>
And once again, uh, may you make your life a masterpiece and God bless.